Odyssey celebrates the class of 2024. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Our lives aren't like they used to be. They're busier. Early morning Zooms, grabbing coffee to make that in-office meeting, getting to your kid's soccer game on time. Life is different, and so is advertising. To reach any audience, you need your message out there in all media, broadcast to streaming, on screens, and right to the ears of your customers. And that's what we do at Odyssey. Let's build a media campaign that targets the customers you know and want to reach more of. Right here in our community. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Well, good morning, everybody. Saturday morning in the Delaware Valley, a brisk but sunny February morning. I'm Glenn Mack, now joined by my pal, Ray Didger. How was the walk, Ray? Uh-oh, I don't hear Ray. Chilly. There you go. <laughs> okay. Brisk, good exercise? Yeah, nice blue skies, but uh, definitely February out there. Yeah, it's good for you. It's easy I for you to say in your, in, your fuzz, in your fuzzy slippers <laughs> with, your, with your mug of hot coffee in your hands. You got that exactly perfect. Uh, anyway, always a pleasure to talk with you. Uh, and a lot going on today over the three hours, the course of the next three hours. Um, we have uh, certainly a lot of football news involving the NFL and involving your Philadelphia Eagles. The NBA trade, line, trade deadline is days away. We're going to get into that momentarily. And, and really what we think is going to be a special treat for you coming up at noon. Ray, I'll let you drive this one off the tee. Oh, uh, well, yeah, we've, uh, we just passed a, a real threshold here with, uh, with, our, with our 100th, 100th installment of, of Tell Us Your Story. Uh, that was last Saturday's uh, interview. And a terrific interview it was with Earl the Pearl Monroe. Uh, but we felt like, you know, hitting, hitting that kind of milestone that we should mark it somehow. And um, so what we did was we put together, um, we decided to put together a best of Tell Us Your Story, a look back over the, over the past two years of the interviews that we've done and some of the people we've, ta- we've talked to, some of the stories they've told, and select the best of it and put it together in one show. And as it turned out, when we start compiling it, we had enough for, as Jody McDonald would say, not one, <laughs> not two. But three installments of Best of Tell Us Your Story. And so the first one we will do today at noon, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun. People yeah, get the to, one today um, yeah. focuses on championship moments, great moments. And right. so we have people like Jay Wright uh, winning the, uh, the NCAA title and Bobby Clark winning the Stanley Cup and George Foreman winning the heavyweight championship and Dawn Staley and Chris Long winning the Super Bowl here and more. So we think you will enjoy it. Um, we enjoyed putting it together, and we really enjoy doing Tell Us Your Story. So it's, uh, it's a real fun thing for us. Okay, uh, let's get into the news of the day. I'll put the basketball second because that, to me, remains speculative. Um, the news that I think a lot of people here really still care about is that on Thursday, our old pal Doug Peterson Got the job as head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. It was, not surprisingly for Jacksonville, a long, complicated process. Doug was the first guy they interviewed, and then they interviewed a whole lot more, including Byron Leftwich, who people thought might have a shot. He took himself out. Um, told, basically, the the Jaguars' ownership that he he could not work with their GM, Trent Balky. Mm-hmm. Well, he's not alone owner, in that. Pardon me? He's not alone in that regard. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I was looking this up, Ray. Trent Balky has had three coaches. He had two coaches his last two years in San Francisco. Uh, what was that guy's name? Tom Sula? Was that his name? Yeah, Jim Tom yeah. Sula. 
and and Chip Kelly <laughs> lasted one year. Then he goes to Jacksonville, hires Urban Meyer. He doesn't last even a season. They go three and fourteen. So it's a mess of a franchise. It really has been over the last few years kind of a joke of a franchise in the NFL. So I lead you, Ray Dinger, with the question, can Doug Peterson, has he got a shot to succeed down there? Uh, I think he does. I think he's a good coach. Uh, and they have a couple things going for him. I, I do think they have a quarterback. Mm-hmm. I, you know, if you, Now, if you watched him this year, um, people would say, geez, everybody was excited about this guy. But you got to understand the situation that he found himself in. I mean, <laughs> Urban Meyer was his coach. Urban Meyer no more wanted to be coaching that team than I did. Uh, and the offense was a mess, and uh, he didn't have much around him. And it was just a disaster. But I still believe Trevor Lawrence is, is a very, very talented young quarterback. So Doug's starting with that. Yeah, uh, and, and Doug is and, – and let me just join in on this. Doug is a quarterback. Doug's done well with quarterbacks. Doug played the position – in the league, he he started as a coach working with quarterbacks. I know that Carson Wentz may have turned into a disaster, but that 2017 season, Carson Wentz was terrific, and Doug, along with Frank Reich and John DiFilippo—that was his name—was mm-hmm. was a good part of that. I think it, it. We have seen some quarterbacks come in and do so well off the start that we have these unrealistic expectations sometimes for rookie quarterbacks. So, yeah, I agree with you. I think I think Lawrence can do really well. Yeah, I think I I definitely I saw enough of him in college to know that he has he has the ability. Uh and so what he needs to do is he needs to have better team he needs to be coached. He's his fundamentals went to pieces last year, but that's not I've seen that happen before, but he can certainly be rebuilt and he's got a coach there who can rebuild quarterbacks, has rebuilt quarterbacks. Uh, and you've got, a, you've got a team that's got 11 draft picks this year, and they got like $50 million in cap room. Yeah. So, I mean, they have the wherewithal to get well in a hurry. And, you know, their division is not the toughest. And, you know, I think that the fact that it's, it's a, it's a lower-intensity media market will probably help Doug. You know, I think he'll be pretty comfortable there. Uh, he's not, there's not going to be quite as many people looking over his shoulder. Um, but a lot of it depends on what's happening above him. You know, the owner to me is is a you know the owner to me is a guy that kind of just sort of messes up everything he touches. Yeah. Uh, and Balky has a bad track record, you know. And if you have a bad owner and a bad general manager, that can undermine a good, even a good coach. So we'll see how you know. I think the I, I do think that the possibility is there with the quarterback, with the cap space, with the draft picks to rebuild this team. But he's going to need he's going to need the owner and the general manager to get their act together too. Yeah, well, that's the tough part, and it's the part that's really out of his hands, and um, that is a bad track record. They have the first pick of the draft. Who should they take? Take the big tackle? I know tackles aren't a sexy pick, but if, if you got that young quarterback and you have somebody to protect him for the next six, eight years. Yeah, yeah. Um, that might that might not be a bad way to go. That might that might not be a bad way to go. Is take Evan Neal, the uh, the the big tackle from Alabama. There, I mean, there are a couple of, and we can talk a little bit more, and we probably should talk a little bit because Senior Bowl is is going on. Oh, we, senior, right, we, Ray, that's the that's the whole second segment of the show. And Senior Bowl will be played today, so we yeah. can talk a lo- a little bit about that. But uh, you know, the the there's um there's a couple of really good offensive tackles here, and Evan Neal from Alabama is probably the best of them. He's certainly the biggest, six seven and three hundred and fifty pounds. <laughs> so if the idea is you want to try and protect. Trevor Lawrence and give him a chance to do the things that he can do. 
Evan Neal isn't a isn't a bad isn't a bad building block to start with. I saw a picture of him standing next to other offensive linemen. It reminded me. Hopefully, he's a better player. I assume he is. But it reminded me. Remember, you see King Dunlap at mm-hmm. Eagles training camp, mm-hmm. and he couldn't play, but God, he was huge. And he wound up playing like seven or eight years. In the yeah, league. he did. He got, he, got a, he got a career out of it. I'm really rooting for Doug. Um, listen, we, you know he he brought us the only Super Bowl we have, and and don't fool yourself, Doug coached a tremendous game that day on the biggest stage of the world, uh, beating the most famous coach in history, uh, having his journeyman quarterback outduel the greatest quarterback in history. Doug was was daring that day, bold. He he went for it on fourth down and made it. He okayed the Philly special. I mean, Doug, I will always the, – the statue they have to Doug down there at the stadium, Doug and Foles, it's okay. It's all right. But I, we should always have a statue to Doug, and he should never have to buy a meal when he comes to this town, including the Jags come in this next year. Mm-hmm. So that'll be cool. Yeah, well, He'll get a big hand. Oh, I'm sure he will. Yeah, I'm sure he, I'm sure he will, and he should. He should. I mean, this, you know, this city, this franchise won one Super Bowl in its, in its lifetime. In, in more than half a century, they've won it once, and he was the coach. And he – and what he did with that team that season and what he did with that team that day, beating the team that they beat, beating the coach that he beat, on, beating Tom Brady on one of Brady's best days um, was remarkable and will always stand as a remarkable achievement. And I, I, I'm with you. I'm, I'm rooting for the guy. I found him to be, you know, I found him to be a nice fella. I enjoyed working with him. Uh, I think he was a gentleman. And uh, I think on the whole, you look at his record here, I think he did a really good job. I mean, they went to the playoffs pretty much every year. And they brought Here's home the Lombardi two, and Trophy, and yeah. you know, and in eighteen, eighteen, they bring home the Lombardi Trophy, and we all will talk forever about the parade. So, yeah, hats off to Doug Peterson, and I wish him well in Jacksonville. You know who else comes in this next year? Who is that? Carson Wentz. Oh, that's right. Might Maybe not, we'll might get not quite as yeah, big. might not get quite the same reception. <laughs> that will always. I don't want to sidetrack into that one. But that will always be the most curious thing that ever happened to me because it was like all great until it got horrible. And I, I, I mean, I know why it went horrible. It went horrible because he didn't have the psyche to handle certain things. Boy, there's a familiar story. But that that's one that should have been great. That's one I just wanted like a do over and when's his career to work here and so on. But whatever. Absolutely. Can't, I mean, yeah, yeah. Do you look? It, it's it's funny the lens at which you look at Carson Wentz now today from where we're all sitting looking back, um, and it's almost wholly negative. I mean, you talk to anybody on the street and, and ah, he was terrible. He was never that. You know, you think about what 2017 was like and the way that team was playing on their way to 11 and two, and the way he was he, he was without question he was the best player in the National Football League. Yeah. And and for 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 the city and for the fans and heck for me just watching it, just watching this guy play up. My my whole film was. You know what? They got the guy. They got the guy. I mean, this is it. I mean, this guy, he's going to be your quarterback for the next 10, 15 years. And, you know, it was, it was, it was, it was really, in the, in, at its height, it was almost Lindros-like. It really was. It was, it, was this, it was this sense that, you know, wow, our team finally got the guy. That was the feeling. And, boy, did it go wrong. Oh, gosh, yes. And, and not, because, not because of us. No, I mean sometimes he's like, oh, you know, the fans. The fans loved him, and and all right. So that there's that's the story is a little bit familiar, and um, the most tired sports story in town hopefully will come to an end one way or another later this week because we are 
Oh, five days away from the NBA trade deadline, Ray. I know you'll be setting up that day with your hoagie. You'll tune into WIP, just waiting to see what happens, right? Uh, no. Okay. Well, Get, stories you come know, out. Send, yes. send, you know, sh- shoot me up a flare when they finally do it. Okay, <laughs> then I'll pay attention. Okay. Stories come out yesterday. Uh, Shams Sharinia in the Athletic was pretty reputable guy. Sources say the 76ers are expected to pursue James Harden ahead of the trade deadline Thursday. This was a deal that a lot of people thought could go down after the season with a sign and trade. The The Nets have now lost seven in a row. And um, the, as the story goes, they're looking more to make a deal now. And it would focus on Harden for Ben Simmons. And then, of course, the next sentence is always, who else do the Sixers have to throw in? So let me start, Ray. Mm-hmm. Would you be uh, willing to throw in uh, Maurice Thibel? Yeah, probably. All right. Would you be okay throwing in Seth Curry? Yeah. All right. Uh, Mr. Uh, General Manager, uh, we would like you to add Tyrese Maxey to the deal as a sweetener. Mm, nah. Aha! Well, we're on the same. I, you know, you and I did not discuss this. We're on the same page there. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm not. I'm. It. It may be, and this is a word that's used too often: recency bias. But watching Maxi over the course of the last month. Boy, oh, he's really. Oh, he's a good player. There, there's something there. Definitely. I don't know that he's ever going to be, an, you know, an all-star, great player, so on. But I think he is a guy who can be a valuable part of your core of your starting lineup for years to come. He's athletic. He's he's a smart player. He's obviously a great teammate, a terrific guy to have around. I I don't want to give him up for for short term James Harden, and mm-hmm. I think Harden would be definitely short term. Yeah, probably so. The um, I had, I was hearing the same chatter that you were that this was uh, that this thing was heating up and there was a chance it could happen. So I went out this morning and picked up the New York papers and the New York Daily News today uh, actually has a has a. They're reporting that this is that this is a trade that is on the table, okay? Then this and this is what they're talking about. And I'll who read this that? to you. Okay? You know who wrote it? Hmm. Who wrote that story? Yes, Christian Winfield. Okay. He's the uh, he's the beat guy who covers okay. the Nets. Um, the deal is that the Sixers trade. Okay, here's what you're getting. Okay, you're, the Sixers would receive James Harden, mm-hmm. Joe Harris, Bruce Brown, and Javon Carter. Okay, that's what you that's what you would be getting back. Uh, okay. Okay. What you are give what you're get, you're getting James Harden and, you know, three three guys named Joe. Is basically right. what you're getting. I think I think you literally they are all named yeah. Joe. Uh right. and but what you're giving up is Ben Simmons, Tobias Harris, and Danny Green. Oh. Well, I may do that then. I would I would I would absolutely do I, that. I I Tobias Harris has been a huge disappointment. Yeah. So that, I'm and okay his contract. That. So is, I get Joe Harris for Tobias Harris. So I just I don't even have to switch the jerseys. I just give him give him that jersey. Mm-hmm. And Joe Harris is, is okay. Who are the other guys? Um, the other guy, Joe Harris, Bruce Brown, and Javon Carter. Well, those guys are just guys. Um, oh gosh, I would do that in a second. Yeah, I'm in. That Wait, was that's the, on the table. Let's uh, let's dine. That's the that's the deal that he's as he proposes it. That's what he said is the is the most is the one that's being discussed right now. And when I looked at that, I said, "Gee, if I'm the Sixers, done." Yeah, yeah. Let's let's just sign the papers and and 
and you know give the guys their most tickets. Yeah, I'm in. I'm in. I will say this, and this is not this is not from a competitive point of view because competitively, clearly, it makes you better. And if Harden is into it, I think Harden and Embiid uh, would be really good together. And and you know, Maxi's my number three guy now. That that all works for me. I want to say this right. James Harden plays a very boring brand of basketball. Very effective, but boring. Basically, go foul and get to the line. Right. And I just, I, I would do it because I want to win, but it would make the Sixers less fun to watch. It would make the games less exciting. Hmm. Which is not a reason not to do it. So you understand what I'm saying? Uh, Yeah, I guess. Um, okay. I th- You know, to me, Harden's just a pure scorer is what he is. And I think he's, I think he's almost a perfect complement to Embiid in terms of you know his his offensive range and his offensive skills. The problem with him is right now he's older. Uh, he's had a lot of injuries. Uh, yeah, he was out yesterday. Although I don't know if he's out yesterday because he's you know a trade is on the table. Yeah, he's had. Um, they've been saying he has a hamstring issue, and before that they said that he has a, a sprained shooting hand, which. Oh, um, if you looked at if you looked at his numbers in the last two games he played, he was eight for thirty. Yeah. Uh, so maybe there was something wrong with his shooting hand, but um, but he's a, but he's a score that but he's he he plays no defense. Okay. So um, that you'd have to you'd have to deal with that. But on the other on the other end of the floor, I mean, he's a, he's just a, he's just a score machine, and yeah. you know that. And the, I think that I think that he and Embiid would work well together. Well, again, we've been discussing these trades since forever, but uh, it, the deadline being five days away, maybe, just maybe, something will happen. So you would uh, you would like to see Daryl Morey make a move, Ray. I know you've been kind of frustrated by his his stall on this thing. Well, I mean, he's been stalling for a purpose. I mean, it's it's been not to prove a point, and he's not trying to, you know, freeze Ben Simmons out of spite. It's been I'm going to I'm not trading him until I get what I consider to be comparable value. And if all of a sudden James Harden becomes part of the conversation now, I think, yeah, OK, you're talking about comparable value. You got it. You know, I'll take Harden over Ben Simmons any day. Yeah. Uh, Anthony and Alney wants to talk about this trade, by the way, two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four best caller of the day wins a fifty dollar gift card to Scheib Sports, where there's a story in every stitch. Visit them, uh, their Center City location, or shibesports.com, 215-592-9494. Hey, Anthony. Hey, how's it going? All right. Good. So I'm uh, I'm in the car driving, uh, doing DoorDash right now, and I, I heard this rumor about this Brooklyn trade, and this is the first time I'm hearing about this particular uh, proposal. Mm-hmm. I actually love it. Um, I've been one of those that have been on the side of, let's hold out for the best possible trade, we don't want to make a trade now that we're going to regret a few weeks or a few months from now or, you know, try to sell out to hopefully win a championship because Joel's having such an amazing year and all of that. But with all that being said, I think this trade addresses a lot of the concerns. We're uh, obviously getting cinnamon cinnamons out of, out, of, out of town, which is what we all want. But also we're getting hardened back, which, you know, we all know the type of player he is. As you know, as small as his window of productivity might still be at this point, he is still one of the most prolific scorers this game has ever seen, no and he you know, still has at least a few more years left. No and then uh, we're getting rid of that terrible contract on Tobias Harris, and Danny Green is you know at this point just taking up a spot on the roster in my opinion. 
And so I, I think all across the board, I love, I love it. If we can make that happen, I think we should do it yesterday. All right. Well, that makes three votes, so we're in with you, and we appreciate you. By the way, who orders DoorDash at 10 in the morning? What do they order? Uh, you know what? It's the breakfast rush. Um, I've been going about three hours so far. It's, Is that uh, right? It's been busy. Okay. Uh, hey, have a great one. Thank you. Thanks Good for taking for you. the call. <laughs> you ever do DoorDash, Ray? Uh, no. Okay. I have, but never. I mean, to me, breakfast is like whatever's in the fridge is left over. I'm taking that. Mm. Uh, by the way, I misspoke a little earlier. I'm looking at the Eagles' schedule here, and uh, Carson Wentz is on the road. Assuming that Carson Wentz is still in Indy, which is no sure bet, Carson Wentz is on the road. The Eagles' home schedule uh, in 2022, not counting division games, would be the Packers. Don't know who their quarterback's going to be. The Vikings, don't know who their coach is going to be. The Jags, the Tennessee Titans, the Steelers, and the Saints. Okay. We don't a have lot a... of unknowns in all those yeah. teams. The Steelers quarterback, who's the Saints coach? A lot of, lot of change. A lot of questions on all of those teams. Yeah, and actually you and I are going to talk about some NFL change coming up and some interesting developments in the league, some involving the Eagles, some not. 215-592-9494. Don't forget, as we said, at noon, the best of Tell Us Your Story, version one. We do think you're going to like it. Ray Dinger, Glenn Mack now, Saturday morning on 94 WIP. Ray Dinger, Glenn Mack now. You watch the uh, opening of the Olympics at all, any of the early events, Ray? Uh, I saw the highlights of the opening ceremonies. I didn't see the whole opening ceremony. Yeah. I... Hey, by the way, I know your son is there shooting it. Which he is... shot the opening ceremonies. How's he doing there? Uh, <laughs> he, it's, a lot of restrictions, I know. I know. Uh, a month ago, he was very excited about it. Um, then I talked to him the day before he was ready to leave, and he was less excited about it. Yeah. Uh, but then he called me, since he's been over there, he's called me twice. And now that he's there, and now that he's settled in, uh, and things are starting to happen, um, he's, he's into it now. Uh, and he found out that... His main sport is going to be figure skating. He's going to be. Uh, oh, that's fun to shoot. I'm yeah, sure. he's. Uh, well, he's. You know, he's become a very good cameraman. I mean, uh -huh. he's really, really good, and and people know it now. And NBC has used him on a lot of different events. Uh, and so when they brought him as part of their camera crew to uh, Beijing, uh, they put their best people on the best events, the highest rated events, and they put him on figure skating. So I, you know, he he knows what that means. But they also, um, but there were a couple of other cameramen who who bailed out right before they left, just because they got concerned, they got a little scared about the situation, mm -hmm. and so they were they came up a couple cameramen short. So the overall producer came to David and said, uh, "How would you like to shoot opening ceremonies?" So he signed up for that right oh, away. Nice. So he's he's you know, like I said, he was a little bit nervous before the flight, but now that he's there and now that he's settled in and the events have begun, he's he's into it, and I knew he would be. Yeah, I, I, maybe we'll talk about it tomorrow. We don't have time today, but I'm, I'm kind of sour on it, but we'll, we'll get to that tomorrow. Um, let's talk to David in Langhorn on with Ray and Glenn. Good morning, David. Good morning. Uh, this is the second time I've ever called WIP, even though I've been listening for decades. All right. Uh, I have a question about quarterbacks. I mean, we constantly hear about uh, Tom Brady, the greatest quarterback of all time. And that may be the case. Certainly no one has won as many Super Bowls as Tom. But there are two other quarterbacks who've won NFL championships. And, of course, it's not as if the NFL began when the Super Bowl was invented. It began in 1920. So my question is, does, 
Bart Starr get a fair shake? Does Otto Graham get a fair shake in this discussion about great quarterbacks? Well, you've you've kind of laid this out over time, saying that it is impossible to compare these guys. Sure. No, I think it is. I think it is. I, I don't think you can compare the quarterbacks of that era that you're talking about. Um, well, Graham, for sure, of, from the 50s, and even, and even Bart Starr, 60s into the 70s, uh, to the quarterbacks of today, because they're playing such a different game. The game has changed so much. Um, and now it's, now it's almost entirely a passing game. And, um, and so the, if you just try to go by statistics, which is what too many people do, and just go by, okay, who threw for the most yards? Well, of course today's players, today's quarterbacks, are going to dwarf the achievements of the guys of the 50s and 60s just because they're simply more passing. Right. Um, so I, I've always said that I kind of, I kind of in, the, in the whole conversation about the greatest quarterbacks, I kind of uh, divide them. And I kind of just say, I, I refer to the quarterbacks of what you would call the modern era, which is from the late 70s, kind of with the, with the change of the rules and the advent of the West Coast offense. Right. I, can, I sort of say that's the modern era. And then I address everything that came before that as, um, as the other era, you know. Uh, and I think that's the only way to compare them. I think, I think you can compare guys from the 50s and 60s. But I don't think you can compare them to the guys of today. And yeah. if you just look at if you just look at a, a career in Toto, if you just look at, at at everything that a guy accomplished, with all due respect to all of those guys, and you know, if if I had talked about what I think is the greatest quarterback of the pre seventies, it would certainly be John Unitas. I think he was. I think in many ways he was the forerunner of the modern quarterback. Um, but if you just look at the at the overall career achievements, there's no one. That had that then there's no one that even approaches Tom Brady right now. They're just not. Um, one of this people is today. I think it's a one third kickoff, so we'll be off the air. I will finish the book, sit there with my passport code, magazine articles, the whole thing, the whole spread. I'm sorry, you were breaking up on me. Oh, I'm sorry. I said the senior bowl is this afternoon at yes. 30. I think that's the kickoff, and I'm. I'm gathering that you will be uh, deep in the couch with all of your legal pads, color-coded pens, the whole thing. In the news. Mm, yes, I intend to be. Okay. <laughs> and I love you for it. The big story out of this thing, at least so far, before they played it, is this kid Malik Willis, the quarterback out of Liberty. The world is falling in love with him. I guess because a lot of people didn't watch Liberty University. He's got this skill set that is that is really impressive. Um becomes the hot guy um what's your sense uh somebody can take a first round flyer on this kid and is he the kind who it's just going to move up 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 until he's in the top 12 or something um yes that's what i i believe that he will certainly be a first round pick and will probably be top 15 almost certainly and maybe top 10 i mean it's 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 possible um and he has he's been uh he's been the talk of Mobile. I mean, everybody that's down there at the Senior Bowl is talking about Malik Willis, and I and I knew they would. I, I you know he's you know not that many people have seen him at Liberty, so he's a little bit of an unknown. Um, certainly has a powerful arm, has mobility, has skills for sure. Um, but he's, I mean, to me, he he is your absolute classic boomer bust guy. <laughs> he, he really is. Uh, 
And somebody's going to take him high, and they're going to gamble on their ability to get that talent out of him on a consistent basis and teach him the NFL game, which is a whole different level than where he's played before. Um, and somebody's going to take that. Somebody's going to take that shot, and it may turn out to be he may turn out to be great, you know. And then he may turn out to be Achilles Smith, you know. You, you just you just don't know. But that's you know that's the that's the never ending fascination of these types of things, the NFL draft, the combine, the, the senior bowl, you know, that whole, that whole, I, I don't want to call it psychosis, but that whole, me- that whole mentality, <laughs> let's, let's get a kinder word, that whole mentality of, of trying to bring these college guys in, create an NFL environment, and then work these guys out and then try to project how they're going to perform in the National Football League. It is, it is so hard to do, um, but it's endlessly fascinating to watch. So his talent is his his speed, his arm strength. Um, the downside is he's really played against lesser competition, right? Yes, uh, and when he and Sounds he did Wincyan except for the speed, and he didn't. Uh, yeah, somewhat. Um, he's not his, his passing accuracy is a problem too. Uh, he's um, and he's not that. His size is his size, his size is an issue. I mean, he's just barely over six feet tall. Um, he's got kind of a stocky frame. He kind of looks, he kind of looks a little bit like Mike Vick is kind of what he looks like. Uh, and has, doesn't have quite the same explosive arm. He's got a good arm. Um, but he's not nearly as fast or as explosive as a runner as Mike Vick was, uh, and has some of the same accuracy issues. And, you know, the schedule they played at Liberty, he started off at Auburn and then transferred and went to Liberty. Uh, and the schedule they played down there wasn't very good. And frankly, his team wasn't very good. And the couple of occasions they had to play real teams, to play big teams, and the big one was this year where they played Old Miss. Um, and that, like every scout in the NFL, came to that game just to try to evaluate Malik Willis to see him in a, against really Division One level competition. And he got he got destroyed. Um, he, they sacked him nine times. He threw three interceptions, uh, and Liberty got blown out. And now you were left to just try to judge, okay, is that just a case of where his team was so overmatched that he didn't have a chance, or is this a more accurate reflection of what he's going to do when he's playing against better competition? You know, that's why I say boom or bust. You know, the ability is there, but he's got a long, long way to go before, in, at least in my view, that he's going to be able to step on the field and win in the NFL. All right, last question, then I want to go to the phones. If he is there with the third of the Eagles' three first-round picks, would rated your general manager take a flyer? No. Okay. No. No, even, even if you're talking about the last of your third round, last of your first round picks, which would be, as it's currently set up, 19, uh, would I take him with the 19th pick? I would not. No. All right. Steve in Charlotte. This is mine today, Steve. Hey, good morning, guys. Thanks for taking my call. I'm uh, driving uh, to see my son play college ball today and uh, thought it'd be a great time to try to reach out to you but nice where does he play who's he play for uh, he plays for uh, Shawan University which is in Murfreesboro North Carolina and the irony is well yeah about three hours and Shawan is where Nate McMillan played before he transferred to NC State wow well good for you you gotta be very proud of that yeah, yeah, yeah. That's probably their biggest basketball player. Uh, and then the George Koontz from the um, Packers played at uh, Shawan. So, so, yeah, so I'm, I'm, you know, happy and be, be out in a couple hours. But anyway, 
if they get this Simmons deal done that you guys announced, I would do it yesterday. But I, I get a little worried that you bring in a Harden who already doesn't play defense. We'd almost have to outscore people because Doc chose a propensity to blow big leads. So I, you know, I, I like it on paper, but I'm I'm also a little worried, and you know, just like to get your take on that. Well, you're right about that. Um, you know, the, we, we saw it last year in the postseason. You've seen it in Doc's career, going back with other teams, uh, and this year too. I mean, blowing big leads, um, but. Would they probably have to outscore teams? Yeah, they probably would. They probably, if you have Harden on the floor for thirty-five minutes a game, you're probably not going to win with a lot of defense. You're going to have to, you're going to have to outscore teams. But with Harden and Embiid on the floor and Maxi, you have a, you have an opportunity to do that. I mean, Harden is a yeah. right now. You're get. You're, I mean, obviously, you get nothing with Simmons. So, I mean, if you can turn if you can turn Simmons into James Harden, in time, and and you look at the way things are in the East. And how no team has sort of broken out to to take the lead and and run away with this thing. To me, the East is. I, I kept waiting for somebody to assert themselves, and nobody has. So to me, it looks like the East is going to be wide open right into the postseason. If it's there to take, why not take it? Yeah, yeah, I agree. I I hope we can do. And, and to your point, I was kind of just a little disappointed that we couldn't gain uh, more traction. You know, with the Nets kind of falling apart and Miami being. You know, okay, but certainly beatable. But so hopefully we don't we don't blow the opportunity maybe to get a, uh, at least to the two, at least to the two. Yeah, I I, so. I would love that. I I, I I think this is as good a deal as they could get. I have no problem with anything they're giving up on it. Hey Steve, good luck to your son today. What position is he? Well, he's kind of a joint yard dog. He's a swing. He's a defender. Going. Make your free throws. Take the shot of his open. So he's really more a disruptor. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. No, I love players like that. Enjoy. All right. Thank you so much. Uh, All right. Good, good luck to you, Steve. Thank you. Thank you for checking in. Thank you. Bye. Um, yeah. Ray, I'm sorry. I'm having all kinds of challenges here. Um, I don't know if this deal is going to happen. You and I both know that rumors that come out toward the trade deadline often have uh, something behind them. I got a note, and I was just looking it up here, that says that uh, Shams Jarania, who's the guy for The Athletic who broke this story, Mm -hmm. is represented by United Talent Agency, which partnered with Clutch, which is um, Ben Simmons' agency, two years ago and formed a sports division. So, you know, everybody's related. Everybody's got an angle. So it, it doesn't mean it's not going to happen. But as you know, stories often have uh, motivation behind them. Yes. So, hey, we'll know in, uh, we'll know in five days. Yeah, well, I mean, the, the guy from the New York Daily News probably has his own sources. Uh, and I'll trust his judgment because he's pretty close to it, at least from, from the Jersey side or the Brooklyn side. Mm-hmm. So um, if the trade that if the trade that's actually on the table is the one that he reports to me, that looks like one the Sixers have to take. I would agree with you. Two one five, five nine two ninety four ninety four. Ray Dinger, Glenn Mack. Now coming up noon. Best of. Tell us your story. Championship edition. Trust me, you're going to enjoy it quite a bit. We are uh, going to take a short break. Be right back here on ninety four WIP. Right, Andrew Glenn Mack now, 94 WIP. Right, there's a couple of things I want to get to in the Ben Simmons saga. By the way, the Sixers lose last night, 107-98 down in Dallas. I watched, like, a good part of the first half, and they looked pretty good. 
And then I, I turned it off, and uh, all of a sudden, like, they got horrible. And they got uh, – it seems that when opposing teams go into a zone defense, Doc Rivers and his team cannot figure it out. Mm-hmm. In that sense? Yes. We've seen that, we've seen that more than once. You know, yeah. that, that, seems to, that seems to slow them down. It just seems to change the pace of the game, and it slows them down, and they aren't, near, they aren't nearly as effective that way. And it allows teams to, you know, run two and three guys at Embiid, which sort of clogs up the offense. And, yeah, they just have trouble dealing with it. And, you know, this has happened often enough over time here that the, the book is out on them. And they're going to see that, you know, when you get to the postseason, regular season kind of is the regular season. You know, it, it, you can't gauge a whole lot from that. But when you get to the postseason and every game really matters and every possession really matters, they're going to see that on a steady basis and they're going to have to figure it out or they're yeah. not going to win. So on the Ben Simmons saga, there were there were a couple of things this week. When I say developments, I don't I don't mean actual real trade developments, but stuff that tends to lessen Ben Simmons' stature, if not his trade value, by the moment. Um, so you know that Shaquille O'Neal uh, and Charles Barkley have been consistently critical of Ben Simmons' mental weakness uh, on TNT. Correct? Oh yes. Okay. And so Shaq went at him about a week or two ago. And so apparently uh, DM, direct messages, how somebody on social media, Ray, can reach somebody else on social media. If I don't have your phone number, but I, uh, where I can find you on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, I can DM you. I can message you. So uh, Shaq is here on TV the other day talking about how Ben Simmons reached out to him after Shaq had criticized Simmons. You're making $40 million, and the only reason why you're not playing is because your coach called you out. You're making us look bad. And I've been in this moment many times. They asked, they said, hey, you think you can win with Shaq in the fourth quarter? And all my coaches said, he, he got to step up and knock him down. They all said that. I didn't go, man, I got I already, I already, got 38. I, I missed 12 free throws. Y'all, y'all trade me. Get rid of me. He acting like a baby. So he kind of got in my DM and said some things, and I said What'd some things say? back. What do you say? Um, I don't. I, I can't do that. He said some things. No, I, I can't do that. So wait, Ben Simmons DM'd you after he heard yes. what you said last week. Yeah. All I said is you leaving your man out there. You need to play. Ray, your thoughts. <laughs> You're asking a guy who doesn't do so. I have no idea what you're even talking about. Well, it's it's basically he. It, it's the equivalent of of. Simmons heard Shaq criticize him and sent him an email. A DM is just another way to reach somebody. And, and that Simmons, because of his thin skin, is complaining that Shaq is calling him out for for complaining, essentially. Right. Shaq is calling him thin skin, so Simmons is coming back at Shaq and saying, how can you say that about me? And part of it that I didn't play is he said, we both went to LSU. you got to be supportive. <laughs> yeah, right. Ben Simmons, Simmons went, to, went for, Ben Simmons went to hell. He walked across the campus. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, yeah, exactly. He's, uh, you know, he is such a fraud. He, I mean, yes. he is, he is this, such, a, he okay, is such good. a fraud on every level. He really is. If you want to answer, if you want to answer the critics, if you want to answer Shaq, lace up your sneakers and go out and play. Okay, don't don't go to social media and try and and try and answer it because the only way you can answer it in a meaningful way is to go to do it on the court. And you don't, you aren't willing to do that, so shut up, go away. See, I was trying to light the candle, and I got it lit. Uh, And then, in other news, um, Adrian Wojnarowski, Wojbaum, was talking the other day uh, about the possibility, if they don't trade Simmons, maybe he could actually come back and finish the season here. 
And Woj speculates what the fan reaction would be if Simmons comes back and plays here. Given the way this team's playing and yeah. how badly they wanted to win in Philly, yeah. if Ben Simmons shows up, I think that city, all he needs is for Joel, Doc Rivers, yep. Tobias Harris to say, come on, guys, we need you to support him. We yeah. can win it. We can do this. He's coming back to play. I bet you the opening night there he'd get a standing ovation. Ray? No, he's wrong. Yeah. I mean, do, do, do I need to elaborate? I mean, do you, do, in, in what universe is that guy going to walk on a court in Philadelphia and get a standing ovation? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? No. No way. No way. I mean, it's. I mean, they would. They would have to. They would have to be. They would have to be beyond crazy to bring him back and try and resurrect him in Philadelphia. I mean, it would be. It would be. A, it would be. It would be a disaster. You know. No. And the idea that that Doc and Embiid, after they've already in a pretty public way told you what they really think about this guy, are now suddenly going to go out and make an appeal. You know they're going to suddenly become his welcome wagon, they put leading their arm him around him. Lead, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, and the fans here are 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 they really think the fans here are that stupid? That huh? Yeah, hey, look, Doc and 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 Joel, they're 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 behind this guy. They they're 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 standing with this guy. They want us to stand with him. Come on, gang, let's go. Let's all give him a big standing ovation. Really, what world are you all living in? That's. <laughs> I am, I am so, so, so weary of the Ben Simmons story. I, I, you know, I don't think there's any way it's revisiting Philadelphia unless he's in another jersey. And if he never plays another game, that's fine, too. It's all, it's all up to him. I mean, he's the one that's taken his career and thrown it out the window. I haven't. You haven't. The fans haven't. His coaches, his teammates haven't. He did it. He did it. And now he's got to live with it. But it's not Philadelphia's problem anymore. It's his. Yeah, it was fun. Thanks, Ray. Oh, anytime. Our pal Jack in Santa Barbara joins us. What's up, dude? How are you? Uh, ben Simmons coming back to Philly. I can see a bunch of stale, soft pretzels winding up on that court. Yeah. Yeah, that would it would be really ugly. And you know what it shows? Um, and I'm not really taking a shot at Woj. He's one of the best at what he does. But it shows how if you don't live in a particular fan base, you really don't, you don't know, know that know fan it. base. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you that may know. happen in Indiana or San right. Antonio. I don't know. Utah. I don't know. But that would definitely not happen here. <laughs> that, is, that is unconscionable. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. Do you remember? Um, do you remember when when Julius Irving played his first game as a Sixer? Well, before you got here, Glenn. But yeah, before I got here, uh, when they introduced Doc for his first game in Philadelphia, they introduce him, and um, Dave Zinkoff does the you know Julius Irving, and Doc comes out in the spotlight onto the court for the introduction, and one of the fans at courtside ran out on the court and handed him like a doctor's kit. It was oh, like it was sweet. like one of these it was like one of these great moments. He handed him a doctor's kit and it was just the crowd just went crazy. If they did if they tried to pull this stunt with Ben Simmons, I some fan would run out and hand him a Mr. Softy. I mean that's what that that's how he would be welcomed back, okay? And, Ray, and that's what he would deserve. You're just the guy to do it. That's perfect, right? <laughs> they should drive the truck right on to 
the court. That would be good, yeah. <laughs> Play the music. Yes. What's up, Jack? Uh, I'm not trading Thibel or Maxi. If you look at Thibel, he is is being as defensively effective when he's in the game as Ben was, in my in my opinion. That that that's how stealth and good that kid is. And he's got no issues. I mean, you can build around him as the second unit. And the other thing I wanted to say about Joe Harris is he's a more dependable court boss. So can you throw court boss into the deal? Because Joe Harris can can shoot and play more defense than than Cork Moss. I think this so, deal, man. I think ninety-eight percent of Philadelphians would go for this deal, no doubt about if it. If it's re- if it's real, I think you would. Yeah, I don't. You know. you pose the right backdrop to it. It might just be a tease because it sounds a little too much in our favor. It kind of does too. Yeah, I'm, it makes me a little suspicious. But as as it's presented to us, to me, it, it looks like an absolute slam dunk win for the Sixers. Yeah, like like let's do it tomorrow, right? Yeah, and, well, and that, that, if, if if it probably would be tomorrow, Jack, I got to run, but always a pleasure. And and I'm not casting aspersions on this particular reporter, but as you and I know, uh, leading up to trade deadlines, there are always a ton of rumors. Sure. And the sources of them, right? So he got this from somebody, mm-hmm. and he either got it from somebody's agent or uh, somebody in management, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe another player, but most likely the first two. And agents and team officials don't release stuff unless there's something in it to benefit them. Correct. Even if it's true. So, maybe. But, yeah, I think we are. that I'm not going to put that on social media. If we did a social media poll on that, it would be 92% yes. Oh, yeah, I, no, no doubt. I mean, to me, and to me it actually looks, it looks really lopsided in favor of the Sixers, which makes yeah. me scratch my head and say, I, I, I can't believe this is what they're really talking about, but maybe they are. Teams have made bad trades before. They have. Let's uh, let's sneak in Andrew King of Prussia before the break. Hello, Andrew. Hey guys, how are you? Good. How are you? Doing well. I was at the uh, your function at Bridgeport the other week. It was, it was really nice. To do oh, that for I, I appreciate that immensely. Uh, Ray and I had a great time, and actually, we have another one coming up. I'm just going to say real quick. I don't need to spend a lot of time on it. Tuesday, February fifteenth, Mark Zumoff is going to be there. We just did a uh, charity beer with Zoo. Uh, called Zooisms, and it's going to be to benefit Philadelphia youth basketball. So, Andrew, if you got another free night, we'd love to see you out there. You get to hoist a beer with Zoom off. Cool. Yeah, I saw that on your Twitter feed uh, yeah. last night. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have uh, I got two sons that go to Liberty. But I've watched oh. my share of, of Liberty football over the past couple of years, and you know I, I would concur with everything um, Ray had said earlier. And he, he actually had Malik actually had a better season two years ago. So I'm thinking that you know, coaches figured him out uh, after his junior year. Right. I think there was some of that. I think there was some of that. I agree. Yeah. Um, and, and even when you look at the games where they played, you know, uh, teams in, in their you know, their range, um, he won with his legs. Like he, he he's not terribly accurate. And um, yeah, I, he's. I cannot see him being a first round pick. Like the team who takes him is going to probably regret that. I mean, he's like a poor man's Jalen Hurts. He, he can run like, like anything. He does not secure the ball when he, when he runs. You watch that. He can, holds it out there like a loaf of bread. And he can't, he can't hit guys 30 yards downfield. Yeah, he, uh, 
he's he's got so much he's got so much to learn and he's got so much to develop. I I, I agree Thanks, with you, Andrew. Andrew. Um, he is ha- he has a very uh, intriguing uh, skill set. I mean, if you, if you look at him working out, you say, wow, he he, he does have a strong arm and he can run, uh, but he's he's so unrefined. And he didn't get coached a whole lot at Liberty. I mean, he was just the best player on that team and the best player in that conference. So they just kind of just let him go play, which is fine for what it is. But, you know, you're, you know, you see when he got up against a really good defense with some speed and some good athletes, you know, he got exposed. Um, there's just a lot of stuff he has to learn. And, but I'm telling you, he's going to be – I said top 15, and I'm, I'll stay with that. But it wouldn't shock me if he was even higher than that. Uh, but he's he's absolutely going to be a first round guy, even though I don't. Right now, looking at this draft, and I'm, we're still a ways down the road, but I only have a first round grade on one quarterback in this whole draft, and that's Kenny Pickett, the kid from Pitt. He's the only one that I have a grade on that translates to first round. I have I have I have Malik Willis as a second round pick, but I know I I write that knowing full well that he's going to go in the first round, just because quarterbacks always do. Yeah, and and the hype. The hype starts to build. The inevitable hype starts to build, and guys begin to move up. It's not just quarterbacks, but most especially quarterbacks. All right, Ray, coming up, well, uh, it's our Scheib Sports uh, This Week in Philadelphia Sports History. Let's see, Ray, if you can project what moment in this week's history we're going to look at next. Um, my guess would be that it might involve the new co- the newly minted coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yes, that is correct. You don't need to go back too far. Uh, 11.25 or so, uh, what we're watching. Ray, I watched a new cop series this past week. Not British. No? No, Scandinavian. Oh, they have cops my, there? Yes. They, well, they got crime there, that's for sure. Uh, and at noon, the best of Tell Us Your Story. Greg in the Northeast hanging. We'll get you the next segment. Anybody else wants to join? 215-592-9494. Ray and Glenn on 94 WIP. Odyssey celebrates the class of 2024. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. I met a guy recently who told me that he spends roughly $250,000 a month. I talked to another person recently who made $50 million at the age of 30. What do you do with that money? How do you spend it? How do you not spend it? What do you invest in? If you meet a rich person, these are questions everyone wants to know, but you're too embarrassed to ask. That's the whole premise of MoneyWise. We talk to real people who have made a significant amount of money, and we ask them all about their finances. My name's Sam Parr, and the podcast is called MoneyWise. That's one word, money-wise. You can find MoneyWise wherever you get your podcasts.